Hey, this is Matt Cruz, and you're listening to the Praise Chapel Paramount Podcast. In this message, I share about how distraction is the enemy of focus, that in this life, we are constantly tempted to pull away from a consistent focus on Christ. I share keys and testimonies on what can happen when you fade out everything that pulls you away from connecting with Him. I know that as you listen to this message, you'll begin to evaluate what is distracting you from God and allow the Holy Spirit to enlarge your understanding. You just stand on your feet, give your pastor a big thank you. Come on, you can do better than that. While you're standing, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. We just honor you, Lord. We magnify your name. You're holy, you're mighty to save, you're mighty to heal, you're mighty to deliver. And we say, God, have your way tonight. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Do the impossible. We thank you in advance, God, for bodies healed and souls saved. In Jesus' name. And every heart says, amen. Amen. You may be seated. If we can get the mic up just a little bit more, that'd be awesome. Who's excited to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. I'm excited to be here. Pastor, thank you so much for having me. it's, it's a privilege to be behind this pulpit. I love my, my brother David, uh, Diga Hernandez, and Stephen, and everybody who's a part of this ministry. I honor you. All the pastors, leaders, ministers in this place, we want to acknowledge you as well, honor you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your yes, your obedience to the call of God. There's nothing greater than saying yes to Jesus. I don't just want to uh, be successful in life. I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to fulfill my destiny, so... I'm thankful that God has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. So those who don't know me, I just want to give a quick background. My name is Matt Cruz. I'm 23 years old. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm a PK. Any PKs in the house tonight? A pastor's kid for those? We got a couple. Uh, I'm a pastor's kid. Grew up in the church my entire life. I'm the youngest of five. Uh, Growing up in the church, I just knew about God. I did not know God. Anybody uh, can relate? would be transparent tonight. I claimed to know God, but I denied him by my actions. Everybody inside the four walls of the church knew that I was a Christian, but nobody outside the four walls of the church knew I was a Christian. I was going through the motions, doing what I wanted to do, just living a lukewarm life, complacent, compromising, going through the motions. But how many know that when God gets a hold of you, he completely changes you from the inside out? And... uh So in a nutshell, I uh, had my whole life set before me. I wanted to go to the military and become a Marine, go to San Diego boot camp out here. And my oldest brother was a Marine. I really looked up to him. Uh, I was involved in law enforcement since my junior year in high school. Uh, When I graduated high school, I actually became a CSO officer at the age of 18. I worked there for some months. I ended up resigning, tried to get a military background, didn't end up going to the military. And uh, one night in my basement, I experienced a revival in my heart. Now, how many are thankful for the spirit of revival in awakening? <laughs> revival is an outpouring of God's spirit where God's people wake up. And I don't know about you, but I want such a revival in my life that it will cause me to get my priorities straight. I want a revival in my life that would cause myself to, to see myself how God sees me and then I can walk in who he's called me to be. I desired this, so I started developing a prayer life. One night in my basement, God showed up, 
completely wrecked me. The power, the presence of God came upon me. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, received my own prayer language. Nobody laid hands on me. I didn't even really know what that was. I heard my mom speaking in tongues growing up in the church in the middle of the night interceding for her kids. But when the Holy Spirit came upon me, I received a power. A power to live like Jesus in our world today. I received this holy boldness, this courage, this passion to do exactly what I told my parents I would never do. I come from a family of preachers. I said to my mom, my dad, I said, you will never see me preach. That's not my thing. That's out of my comfort zone. How many just love to be in your comfort zone? But God began to minister to my heart that he's not concerned with my comfort. He's concerned with my obedience. And I believe as Christians and disciples of Jesus, we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And so God got a hold of me, opened up my eyes. I mean, the scales fell off, and uh, I started going out and just sharing about this man named Jesus on the streets of Chicago, the grocery stores. Many of you in this place probably have seen some videos online of uh, just people getting healed and, you know, Muslims and uh, atheists coming to the Lord Jesus because of the demonstration of the power of God. Paul says, I don't come with wise sermons or uh, persuasive words, intellectual sermons, but I come with the power and then demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I believe, church, I'm going to preach in a second, but I just really believe that God's raising up a church in a generation of people that would be so filled with passion, with boldness, with courage, that everywhere they go, they would not be ashamed of preaching the gospel. They would not be afraid of what can go wrong, but they would get excited about what can go right. In the public place, they would allow people to see Jesus reflected in them in their eyes. So that's what I was doing, just sharing God with everybody. I mean, everybody that walked past me. Do you know him? Have you met him? If you died today, where would you go? Eternity's a long time to be wrong. And so I've seen, I've, I'm going to share a few testimonies tonight, but I've seen so many people just come to God uh, because his spirit just draws them. And it takes just a boldness. It takes you opening up your mouth and starting a conversation that really matters. Uh, and so I started going live on Facebook, long story short, just sharing stories of these people, what they're experiencing in their hearts, in these stores, on the streets. And God used these videos to reach over 2 million people for the glory of God. Can we give, that, can we give it up for Jesus? For the power of social media. Now I want to get into this word. Um, I I do recognize that this word here, these scriptures have a voice. How many know that? This word right here is a language of the Holy Spirit. How many know that when you open this word, this word opens you? When you read this word, this word reads you. When you study this word, this word studies you. I believe this word here. You know it's the most hated book, yet it's the most sold book? I often tell people that God's word is criticized most by those who read it least. When you get into this word, you understand what God says about you and what you can do. So I'm excited about what he's going to do tonight. Uh, I really feel in my heart that God wants to shift our focus. Somebody say focus. I want to start off with a testimony. Um, A few months back, probably this past summer, I was with my cousin Justin here. and Wave your hand. This is my cousin right here. God's using him mightily. He's got a powerful testimony. Uh, I was with him in Texas, and we were just ministering in about seven different cities. And uh, we were coming back from Corpus Christi. And God did amazing things in Corpus Christi. I mean, it was like a mass deliverance. So many people were getting set free from witchcraft, generational curses, a lot of just demon powers being broken by the power of God. It was just an amazing, phenomenal night. 
And after the revival service, we had to drive six hours up to the city of Dallas. And I had to preach two services there for Father's Day weekend. And then we had a service later that evening, Sunday night. So the pastor that I was preaching for that Sunday morning for Father's Day did us a favor and he booked us a hotel about an hour where we were going to be later that evening. So I go to preach. My cousin Justin, my buddy BG, they're like, Matt, we've been driving through the night six and a half hours after this crazy revival service. And what broke out, it was just amazing. They said, Matt, we, we can't go see you preach, but we're just going to go back to the hotel, get some rest. We'll see you tonight. I said, no worries. I go, I preach two services. The pastor drops me back off at the hotel. And when I go in my room, he opens the door, and my cousin was like, Matt, you're not going to believe what just happened. I said, what happened? He said, while you were preaching, we gave the confirmation number you gave us to the hotel clerk, and the hotel clerk said, this confirmation doesn't work. He asked us why we were there. We said, we're preachers of the gospel. We're here for ministry. He said, get away from my desk. I'm not checking you in. So they tried to get a hold of me. I remember getting a call, but I was preaching. Obviously, I couldn't answer it. They tried to get a hold of the pastor. He was sitting in the front row. They're just, you know, they're in a big debacle. So they try to talk to the hotel clerk. Hotel clerk says, get away from my desk. I said, I'm not checking you in. He starts mocking Jesus, all this stuff. He's like, surely Jesus is in this place. And it was just, it was crazy. So they go outside. They're trying to get a hold of corporate. They come back in. My cousin and my buddy were like, sir, can we talk to your manager? And he's like, we don't have a manager. Like, sir, every hotel has a manager. So he brings out the cook. She comes out with her gloves like this. And they're like, ma'am, you're not the manager. He's like, listen to her, listen to her. And so they're just sharing about what's going on. Even the cook took my cousin to my friend's side. She's like, I don't understand what's going on here, but this is not okay. You need to get a hold of corporate. So my cousin and my buddy try to get a hold of corporate. And, you know, as they're getting a hold of them, a light bulb just comes on in my cousin Justin's head. And he says, BG, let's not get all worked up. This is backlash for what God did in Corpus Christi. So I want you to hear this. He shifted his focus. Somebody say focus. In that moment, he took out $20 out of his pocket. My buddy BG took out $20. So he goes in there while the other guy's on the phone. Justin goes to the front desk, $40 in his hand. Says, sir, we just want to bless you. And we want to say we're sorry if we offended you in any way. We're really tired. We drove six hours through the night. We're just trying to look for a place to sleep. Obviously, money talks. Come on, somebody. The guy looks at him funny, humbles himself. He calls my buddy back in. And he says, look. I, I didn't say you couldn't check in and get away from my desk because you're black or I'm not, I'm not racist or anything like that. But the truth is, the moment you said that you guys were preachers of the gospel, it really got to my heart because my wife left me for a pastor. Now this guy made it seem like it was yesterday, it was over 10 years ago. My cousin, my buddy begin to minister to them, to this guy at the front desk. He gets all touched by the love of God. How many know God's love is personal? He could look at a million people, yet you're the only one he sees. And get to this guy's heart with the word of God. And he says, I'm never going to treat another minister of the gospel like this ever again. In fact, when they come in this hotel, I'm going to put them in the best room that we have. Can I serve you? Can I get you some cookies? Can I get you some water? And they're like, sir, yes, absolutely. But first, you've got to let us pray for you because you can't go another day with that bitterness in your heart. They pray for this guy. He gets totally wrecked by the power of God. I meet him the next day. I mean, the countenance of his face was totally different. But what, what is my point here? In that moment, they could have got in their flesh, but instead they shifted their focus to what God would have them do. 
and look at the outcome of the situation. Anybody remember growing up in the church, those wristbands, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I believe tonight God wants us to adopt a purpose statement. What would Jesus want you to do in a situation where you feel like you're going to walk in your flesh? Listen, friend, if you don't know how to crucify your flesh in private, your flesh will crucify you in public. In the moments where you feel heated, where you feel like you're just going to lose it and blow a gasket, what if you just allow the Holy Spirit to shift your focus and allow him to flow through you in the moments where you feel like you're just going to lose it? So I'm here tonight to tell you that when Jesus is not centered and supreme in our lives, everything about life shifts out of orbit and moves out of the way. It was in that moment that instead of thinking about how hard uh, that test was of their flesh really getting, really getting to them, instead my cousin Justin, he allowed the Holy Spirit to shift his focus and he, and he allowed the Lord to enlarge his understanding. He could have acted in any way. That man was clearly going through something and instead of them getting worked up and yelling back at him, it was in that moment that he allow the Lord to say I want to do something different I want you to focus on me the devil tried to distract him with the clerk's attitude but I'm here to tell you that distraction is the enemy of focus a lot of us here are distracted by the things of this world you might be going through I don't know what it is you're going through but you might be here tonight hurting you might be going through some depression in your life anxiety in your life marriage problems financial problems whatever it may be I want to tell you that God wants to shift your focus tonight and to let you know that none of your issues can dethrone him he's still who he says he is and he's going to make a way out of no way he's the way maker we sing it tonight he can do what he says he can do and I believe that we're constantly tempted to pull away from a consistent focus on Christ and as a result of that we often find ourselves being tossed to and fro by the concerns of life but I'm here to tell you that keeping your focus on Jesus means that we're purposely fading out everything that pulls us away from connecting with him it's a disciplined lifestyle of choosing to see every blessing and struggle through the lens of Christ you might be in here tonight saying Matt how can I stay focused in a world full of busyness well I'm, I'm, I want to tell you one of my favorite scriptures in Isaiah 26 3 says you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace see when we focus on God he will give you perfect peace think about that for a second not just some peace not a little peace but perfect peace and I want to tell you also that you can't expect God to be the source of your peace if the world is a source of your satisfaction God wants your focus what, what has your focus today? Evaluate tonight what is distracting you from God. Ask yourself which aspects of your life are pulling you further away from Him. Maybe it's pressures and responsibilities such as work, school, relationships. Those are common distractions. But I'm here to let you know by the Holy Ghost that our lack of intimacy with God causes a void that we try to fill with the frailest of substitutes. But listen, the more you focus on yourself, the more distracted you will be from the proper path. But the more that you know Him and commune with Him, him, the more that the spirit will make you like him I don't know about you but until I'm with him I cannot say that I know him if I'm with him in the secret place that's when I'll begin to hear things that I've never heard before he'll begin to give you ears to hear and eyes to see can I tell another testimony I'm gonna do it anyway I got the mic praise God we were in Texas a few months later this time it's me and my buddy Brandon uh, I was in South Texas preaching at this church called the Cross Church. I was at two different campuses. We preach Wednesday night, Thursday night. We wake up Friday. We get the latest checkout. You know those evangelist schedules. You just stay up the night, sleep the whole day. Praise God for that. 
We get the latest checkout. We're trying to, you know, hit the road. We have another conference to go to, and I needed to get something done. So I told my buddy, listen, we got to stop at Bank of America. So I search in my phone on Google Maps, Bank of America near me. It says four minutes away. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm on the road. We're almost there, about to pull up to the bank. I mean, I really need to get something done. We're on a really tight schedule, and all of a sudden, the train stops us. And I'm looking to my friend. He's looking at me, and he's like, Matt, we really got to go. I said, let's just wait one more minute. We wait about one more minute, two more minutes goes by. All of a sudden, the train goes backwards. I've never seen a train go backwards before, so I'm pretty confused. I'm really confused at this point. My buddy looks at me. He's like, no, we're not doing this. So I put the car in reverse. We hit the freeway. While we're on the freeway, this Porsche comes in front of us and just takes off. And I'm like, what the heck? And the state trooper pulls up behind us. And, I mean, this state trooper's tailgating the car. And I'm like, listen... We're screwed right now because if we get pulled over, this car is a pastor from San Antonio. He, he's in San Antonio. He gave us his car. We're all the way in Alice, Texas. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. He's got illegal tints on it. What, what's about to happen? So he's like, bro, you're good. You saw the Porsche take off. The state trooper is going to pull him over. I'm like, no, this state, it was a lady in the car. She's about to pull us over. All of a sudden, the red and blue lights come on. We get pulled over, unfortunately. We're on the side of the freeway. This young state trooper she's a woman she comes up on the passenger side we rolled down our window and she's looking at me I'm giving her the puppy dog face trying to be smooth cruise and I said ma'am we're preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ she looks at me thank God for remorse she says do you realize the registration on this vehicle is expired I said I, I didn't know that so I give her my license she goes back and my buddy's looking at me David actually called me uh, in this moment so I'm talking to him on the phone and my buddy Brandon was like Matt I think we're supposed to pray with this state trooper. And I'm getting all kind of worked up, to be honest, because I needed to get something done and my plans are ruined. Anybody feel that way? You just kind of get frustrated. But God's plans are far greater than the plans you have for yourself. Listen to what he did. She comes back around. You got to hear this. This is crazy. She comes back around on the passenger side. She gives the license back. She's like, look, you're all good. Just make sure whoever owns a vehicle, you tell them that they need to renew the registration. I said, thank you so much. God bless you. You're amazing. My buddy looks at her. He says, look, I know my buddy said we're preachers of the gospel, but this might sound weird. And he begins to prophesy over her life and get words of knowledge. This state trooper, I mean, her whole professionalism came off of her. She's bawling her eyes out on the side of the freeway. She's looking at me. I'm looking at her. She's crying. I'm about to cry. And I'm like, ma'am, this is crazy because you pulled us over and God just pulled you over. This is nuts. And I mean, but it was in that moment I could have got freaked out. I'm in my flesh. I'm all mad because I need to get something done at the bank. But God had other plans. And you know what? We left out of there. And I was like, what just happened? If we were one minute late, we would have never got pulled over. If we were one minute earlier, we would have never got pulled over. And I thought about the train that stopped us. The train that went backwards. Sometimes you've got to be thankful for the stall. You've got to be thankful for the delay because God wants to do something. My whole point is this. It was in that moment that we shifted our focus to what God wanted to do because he had other plans to touch that state trooper. Isn't that crazy that God will stop a train just to get a hold of somebody? He'll do something that he's never done before, you've never seen before because he wants to reach some, someone's heart. If, even if it's on the side of a freeway, he's after your heart. He owns all that there is, yet he still wants you. Isn't that amazing? The God that we serve. You might be in here saying, Matt, how can I focus on God? I'm finally to my first point. It positions us to fulfill God's purposes. 
When you're focused on God, it positions you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. See, focusing on what the Holy Ghost is doing puts our eyes on the Father's intended outcome for a situation. What was that situation on the side of the freeway? I thought we were about to get a big ticket and the pastor's never going to invite me back to the church again. But instead, God had other plans. And she took our registration. God just completely downloaded her registration to my buddy. And he had plans to touch her heart. What am I trying to say? When we perceive where the Spirit's anointing is and what God is doing so that we can follow Him, I'm telling you, God will shift your focus and share things with you you've never heard before. He'll share your heart with people. That's what the prophetic is. That's what the word, words of knowledge is, the gifts of the Spirit. It's God's intention, His will, His heart. And all you got to do is be open to what He wants to do through you in that moment. Anybody just want to be used by God here? Even when a situation is at its worst, we can step back into our spirits and sense what the Holy Spirit wants to do in that moment. My second point here, I'm going to go quickly through these points, is it protects us from error and deception. When we focus on God, it protects you from error and deception. See, when our attention is focused on what the enemy is doing, our perspective tends to become distorted. But when you focus only on the negative, that, that's what magnifies the problem, and that can lead to deception in your life. See, when you focus on God, it encourages intimacy with the Holy Spirit. All of us in this place are called to an intimate relationship with God and focusing on the Holy Spirit his anointing where he's moving and what he's doing that encourages your intimacy with him when you focus on God it frees you completely from fear second Timothy 1 7 God has not given you a spirit of fear but what power and of love and of a sound mind I don't know about you, but I came here tonight to tell the devil he's overstayed his visit. I came here tonight to shut the devil up and tell him who I am in Christ. You know what's crazy, man? We get so caught up allowing the devil to get in our minds. How about we just remind the devil of his future and where he's going for all of eternity? I make the devil so mad when he gets in my head. I'm like, Satan, you're just, you're, in, you're so, I was, I was going to say an idiot. Can we say that in church? And I, I, I talked back to him. I said, you don't know who I'm a, I'm a son of the Most High God who's not moved by this world. My God is with me. He goes before me. I shall never have to fear because I belong to him. I'm telling you, I'm a, I tell the devil straight out, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I belong to God. I might not fit in. But I, I was born not to fit in, but to stand out. And I tell the devil, you messed up. It's not my fault that you just messed up in heaven. You got kicked out. But I know I'm spending eternity in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to be with Jesus for billions of years and guess what you're gonna be in a lake of fire can we just get real just, just tell the devil straight up but what I'm trying to say is that the truth is that no matter what is taking place the Holy Spirit is more powerful than any demonic power and we've got authority in the name of Jesus you might be going through something in your life right now I don't know what it is but all, I want to encourage you that the fire inside you burns brighter than the fire around you the Bible says greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world do you know who you are and what you carry Friend, when we allow the Holy Spirit to give us focus, that's when we experience God's power, His intention, His faithfulness, His love, and His greatness. I want to share a scripture with you, Psalm 91, 14 through 15. It says these words, because He has focused His love on me, I will deliver Him. Come on, somebody. Some of you in this place want some deliverance. You want to be free. Let me just say that first verse again. It said, because He has focused, somebody say focus. 
Because he has focused his love on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in his distress. I will deliver him and I will honor him. Some of you let the devil get in your head of how you look. Can we just get real tonight? You know that your own flaws can distract you from keeping your eyes on Jesus? Friend, if we think too much about what's wrong with us, we will forget what God can do through us. When we forget about uh, the things that he's placed on the inside of us, we'll focus so much on the things of this world. When we focus too much on what we lack, we'll, be for, we'll forget to be thankful for what we have. Listen, some of us in this place, we love to chase down blessings. We love to chase down the things that we want. And that's great. God will bless you. He'll give you those things. He'll give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in him. But what about shifting your focus to chasing Jesus and all those blessings? will chase you down see when you focus on him all of that stuff's a byproduct from walking with him anyway Matthew 6 33 seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you when you seek first I'm thankful that God has truly delivered me freed me set me free from the things of this world and called me literally out of darkness into his marvelous light. Some of you are in darkness right now and God wants to break you free. And not only for you to break free, but to stay free in Jesus' name. He doesn't want you to live in defeat. He does not want you to live in worry. He wants you to live a life of sanity, of simplicity, of knowing the gospel and the price that Jesus paid for you on the cross. You know, friend, that every day is an opportunity to either strengthen your relationship with God or neglect it. So your rate of growth is determined by what you feed your spirit. What are you feeding your spirit? Matt, I'm feeling defeated. I just feel like I'm just so tired. I'm so stressed. Well, God says, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, I'm struggling with anxiety. Well, the Bible says, cast all your anxiety onto me because I care for you. When we're feeling this way, it's a sign and a red flag that we're spending less time with God and more time with the world. People say, Matt, I'm just struggling with this. Well, my only answer is, are you spending time with God? Are you remembering how he endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame of it for the joy of winning you to himself? See, people complain about stress, but some people would rather complain than change. I don't want to be those people that allow God in my life just enough to comfort me. I want to allow him in enough to call some change in my life. Can I just be real tonight, Pastor? Some Christians, I'm just going to say it. There's a difference between being saved and Jesus being Lord of your life. There's a difference between being a churchgoer and a disciple of Jesus. I'm not looking in your eyes. Praise the Lord. When you're focused on Jesus, you will not focus on anything else. It's that simple. Many of us struggle with so many things and many of us are being weighed down by the trials of life. But if you would just focus on God, you would understand that these things are just so little compared to him. Why do you think God tells us to be still? When we're not still, our mind is just going to be filled with so much noise from the trials around us. Sometimes you have to run and be alone with the Lord and be still before him. Allow him to calm your fears and your worries. Listen, friend, God is who he says he is. He is our shelter. He is our provider. He is our healer. He's our strength. And when you're so focused on God in the midst of trials, that's what shows a heart that trusts in the Lord. And friend, nothing in hell can scare a heart that trusts in the Lord. But you must shift your focus to be on God. God and there's many times in your life where you sit and worry but instead why aren't you praying I believe this is one of the main reasons that people struggle with depression we dwell on the negative things we let these thoughts simmer into our soul instead of seeking God I believe the best antidote for worry is worship I tell people all the time worship is your password to your miracle are you going to lift up your hands and magnify him for who he is 
You can't tell God who he is and God not tell you who you are. When you're going through something in your life, lift up your hands and just start calling on the name of Jesus. But Matt, I'm struggling praying because the devil keeps distracting me. I'll tell you why the devil wants to limit your praying. Because he knows your praying will limit him. You want to know what's crazy? The Bible literally tells us to pray without ceasing. You want to know why it tells us to pray without ceasing? Because the devil is praying without ceasing. I'm not talking about P-R-A-Y. I'm talking about P-R-E-Y. Just keep telling God about my issues and my problems. But God's trying to shift your focus to tell your problems about your God. Oh, you didn't catch that. Tonight, God wants to shift your focus from just constantly complaining to God about your problems. But you start telling your problems about your God. Did you catch what I just said? Anxiety, do you know about this man named Jesus? Depression, have you met this man named Jesus? He paid a price for me to have a sound mind in the name of Jesus. The crown of thorns that Jesus wore. I'm going to give you a revelation right now. It encircled, the, listen to this. The crown of thorns that encircled the mind of Christ. Why did it do that? Of course we know it's a mockery of his kingship. But I believe it's more than just that. Listen, the crown of thorns that encircled the mind of Christ. It purchased the right for you and I to have a sound mind. Why? Because that's one of the main places that the devil likes to attack believers in. Is in the realm of their mind. Why do you think he, the, it encircled the mind of Christ? Because it purchased the right for you and I to have a sound mind. What am I trying to say? As a believer and follower of Jesus. You have the right to declare and decree you got the mind of Christ somebody give God praise in this place all you got to do is speak back to that thing and say I am an overcomer I am who God says I am when's the last time that we actually spent time in the presence of God I believe the church has done such a great disservice today the American church of coming to church and live how you want to live that's not what Jesus said too many of us are shaky about what we believe when we should be shaken by what we believe just constantly going through the motions and I just love, I love what I'm doing in life. No, man, it's not, it's, you're either all the way in or you're all the way out. It's not halfway in, half, if you're halfway in, you're all the way out. I want to be 100% his. I want to be all of his. I want God to have all of me. I love my brother, what, what Diga says, he says, it's not how much power of the Holy Ghost that you can have, but it's how much of you he has. Some of you in this place, you're just saying, God, I want more of you, more of you. And God just saying, I want more of you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, your life will lack meaning and purpose. You discover your purpose by first discovering his presence. When you get into the word of God until it gets in you. And you say, I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with this world. I was watching a podcast with, with Diga, my buddy Isaiah, Salvador, Stephen, and, and uh, Isaiah's brother Nico. And they were, they were talking about how people were like, man, I just I want to go back to church. You know, I, I want God, but I just love my sin. And they were just talking about how the only thing you're missing out on is STDs, depression, suicide. That's all you're missing out on. And I'm like, man, that's so true. Sin is just a temporary feeling for an eternal loss. Sin in, it invites the discipline of God in your life. It's literally a brief pleasure for an eternal loss. You know, sin wouldn't be so attractive if the wages were paid immediately. If we give our all to God, and we say, God, change me from the inside out. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. You know what? You know why I love the blood of Jesus so much? And I believe preachers don't preach on the blood too often. 
The blood of Jesus is, is red, but it makes you white as snow. And I'm thankful for the power that's in the blood of Jesus because it has cleansing power, redeeming power. It, it literally has the power to forgive your past, your present, and your future sins. And when you mention the blood of Jesus, heaven and hell remember that day. All you got to do is say, God, I thank you for the power that's in the blood of Jesus. You got the, literally, the Bible says to approach the throne of grace with boldness. I'm talking to somebody right here that's struggling. You're deep in a pit and you want to get out. The Bible says to approach the throne of grace with what? Boldness so that you may obtain mercy and find grace in your time of need. You got to just get alone with God and say, God, clean me up, purge me, wash me, make me white as snow, create in me a pure heart, renew a right spirit within me. God, wash me from all my iniquities. You got to get desperate for God. Can I share one more testimony and I'm through? This is all I felt in my heart tonight. I could just preach, 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 but I just really feel God saying, I want to shift my people's focus. Yeah. About a week ago, I was in Colorado, and on my way back home, I got on the flight. Can I get somebody on the keys, please? Uh, I get on my plane. Well, before I got on the plane, let me rewind a little bit. They call me late cruise because I'm late to everything. <laughs> Can we just, Wednesday night confession, anybody else late? Am I the only one who's late here? That's... <laughs> I have an altar call for every liar in this place. I, now I feel embarrassed. I'm the only one that's late to everything. I pull up to the airport like 45 minutes before my plane departs. I get to the kiosk. And everybody who travels here knows that when you check in last minute, you're getting a horrible seat and you're going to board last. I mean, it's a full flight. I go to the kiosk. And I put my confirmation number in. I get my boarding pass. And uh, it said I was zone one. Uh, it was like a row six or something I was right in front of the plane and I'm like praise God this is a miracle so I go through TSA go through the security checkpoint I get to my gate I board and I remember I, I'm sitting there and this Muslim lady just comes and sits next to me and I'm just looking up I'm like I thought I was going to sleep but thank you God for a divine appointment right now so she goes right to the window seat and I just felt in my heart that God was going to touch her so I'm just like praying in the spirit and I'm looking at her, she's looking at me, and I'm looking away, and I'm just like, right, just let me take a little few minutes, just some sleep here, because I know it's going to be, it's going to be good, so I just, I'm sitting there, and praise the Lord, she speaks fluent English, because it's so hard to communicate with people who don't speak English, she looks at me, she starts a conversation, so I'm like, oh, awesome, she starts telling me about her background, I start telling her about mine, long story short, I ask her about her faith, she begins to share her faith with me, I begin to share Christianity with her, and, you know, we have a lot of similarities, and she thinks, you know, it's the same God. I said, ma'am, it's not the same God. I said, there's so many religions out there, but there's none that has a God that would come and die for his people so that he could live inside of his people. I said, all other religions beside Christianity are all about man seeking after God, but look at Christianity. It's the opposite. It's God seeking after man. And she's looking at me, and I said, I just begin to share the gospel with her. And you know, people just are so hard-headed sometimes. So I looked at her and I'm like, all right, we have to go here. I said, ma'am, do you have any pain in your body? She's like, yeah, in my feet. I said, can I pray with you? And I took out my hand and she looks at my hand. She says, if you're not a close relative or a, a family member, we're not allowed to touch you. So she put a scarf over her hand. I'm like, that's, that's totally okay. I, I respect that. She puts this scarf over her hand. And I said, all right, I'm going to pray in two prayers. I'm going to pray in the 
name of Allah for you to be healed. And then I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus and see what name heals you. Is that all right? She looks at me. She's like, yes. Super awkward. I didn't want to say the name, but, you know, I just wanted to demonstrate the power here. So I'm like, I was like, in the name of Allah. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, be healed. And, and so she's looking at me. I'm looking at her. And I was like, do you feel anything? She's like, no. I was like, huh. I was like, can I pray in, in my God's name? She's like, sure. I was like, awesome. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I was like, I thank you for healing in your daughter's foot. And I just speak to every pain to leave now. And I command this body to get in alignment with the word of God. And I command this pain in the feet to respond to the name of Jesus. And she looks at me. She's trying to change the subject. And I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on one second. I was like, what do you feel? She's like, why are my feet hot? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's really fiery. And I said, ma'am, that's the fire of God that purifies you and cleanses you and burns out everything that's not like Jesus. She looks at me. She's like, no. And I was like, yes. I was like, listen. I was like, think about it. I prayed in your God's name. Nothing happened. I prayed in the name of Jesus and power showed up. She's like, you are right. She's like, you are very right. And I said, ma'am, I'm not here to debate you. You can't debate Jesus. And I was like to say, my dad always tells me, I just advise you to try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will always take you back. And so I'm looking at her. I'm like, ma'am, look, just give him a try. She's looking at me. She just could not explain it. And I was like, you can't see Jesus and stay the same. When you encounter Jesus, you cannot deny Jesus. So she looks at me. She totally gets you. But look, it's not over. I look at her. And all of a sudden, I hear the word Anne. And I was like, I was like, ma'am, do you know an Anne? And she's like, huh? And I was like, do you know an Anne who has family problems? She's like, yes. How do you know that? I was just with my friend Anne earlier. And she's very depressed because she has family issues. And I said, I believe God wants to touch your friend's family. Can we pray real quick? So we pray for her. I mean, God's revealing himself. I'm like, girl, how many words of knowledge do you need for God just to show up and reveal himself to you? Just, just give, give your heart up to him right here. So she's looking at me. It's not over. She starts telling me she lost her wallet, all this stuff. And I'm like, how much you need? You know, I want to bless her. She's like, 1300 I said, I sure ain't giving you no 1300 <laughs> No, I'm just messing. So we're on the plane. And I was like, I was like, hearing her out I should have never said that and so she's she's telling me her problems and so I was like look I don't have any luggage I have a carry-on and you know those who travel when you got to carry on you're like thankful you don't have to go all the way to baggage claim you can just go straight out to ground transportation go on your ride I told her she said you know she's got some luggages and stuff I told her I'd help her out she does you know she's like Chicago's bad you know all this stuff and it's all what you hear so I'm like no no you're good I was like I'll get you an uber to where you need to be her friend lives in Chicago and all of a sudden, I looked at her, and I was like, which one of your sons sings? And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, Matt, which one of your sons sings? She's like, my youngest son. And I said, God's going to turn him into a worship leader in Jesus' name. She's looking at me. She's all smiling. I'm like, lady, God's getting your attention right now. It's not an accident. This is a divine appointment between you and the presence of God. He loves you. He's calling you. I go all the way to you know, to the back, claim with her, and this lady walks so slow, I mean, I use the bathroom, walk back out, and she's still at the same spot, so I'm like, I go to the back, claim, this, this lady pastor had, like, 
five bags full of books, like big luggages. So I get this cart, and you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, demonstrate the love of God, and I'm like breaking my back. I'm putting all this stuff on there, and then we, we have to go down this escalator, and I'm like, oh no. So I put the cart on the escalator, and all the bags fall off, just go like 100 miles per hour. It's knocking people over the escalator, and I'm sitting there like, oh Jesus, she's definitely not going to want you after this. And so I go down the, I go down the baggage claim, and I, we finally get the bags on there. Long story short, and we're going to have an altar call. I'm looking at her, and she's like, I need an Uber, but I'm scared. I don't want to be in a car alone. You know, Chicago's bad and all this and just whatever. And I was like, look, how about I pray that God, she's from Pakistan, so she's studying, getting her PhD. Her whole family's proud of her. She's got a connecting flight to Chicago to get on another plane to go home to Pakistan. So I was like, look, what if I just pray for you for God just to send you a Pakistanian driver? She's like, okay. So I order the Uber. It's like, ding. Some guy named Zan pops up. He's from Pakistan. I was laughing so hard. I looked at her and I was like, man, this is, he's from Pakistan. And so we get the bags in the car and she gave me the biggest hug. She's like, you are such a chosen one. Like, I don't know who you are, but this is so amazing. Why would you do this to me? I feel so loved, blah, blah, blah. And what am I, my whole point is this. Instead of taking a nap on the plane as much as I wanted to, to be honest, I shifted my focus in that moment and I, I tuned my ear to hear the word of the Lord for this lady. And it resulted in God reaching her heart and just proving that he's real through the gifts of the Spirit through healing in her body and so all I just want to encourage you to do today is say yes to God God will use you more on the basis of a willing heart rather than on the basis of the abilities you possess all you got to do is be willing if you're willing and you're available and you're empty and you walk in humility can we just get real for a second humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less where you say God I decrease so that you would greatly increase in my life. Are you ready for God to mark you today with a fresh boldness and a passion? Can I get everybody to stand up with me in this moment? I just really believe God wants to fill his people with a new fire in your heart that would burn passionately for him. I believe those, I just feel it right now, those who have never got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, you receive the language of, of heaven. I believe tonight's your night. This is your moment. You believe that? Two people believe that. As the worship team comes up, if you could just bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want to pray. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.